Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss, who's the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He is also the owner of All Metals and Forge Group. If you're looking for open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings for industrial applications, check them out at steelforge.com. Joining us today is Danny White. He leads product management and development at ECI Software Solutions. Danny, I'm particularly excited to have you on the show. Lots of questions for you this morning. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, we were talking a little bit pre-show, and one of the things I want to get right at the top of the hour, which Lou pointed out, is that your software solutions address the small and middle market manufacturers and other businesses, but in our world manufacturing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, small manufacturers are in our DNA here at ECI. Um, if you look at our website, if you look at our marketing, everything that we do really is centered around small manufacturers. The fantastic thing about that and what I enjoy about my job really is about bringing solutions that, um, that have historically been perhaps only accessible to larger businesses are becoming um, more and more affordable and accessible to small manufacturers every day. And those are the folks that we aspire to serve here at ECI Software. Why don't you give us uh, your URL? May as well get this in right at the top as well. Your address. Um, it's ecisolutions.com. Well, that's easy. Yep, easy, easy <laughs> to remember. And no. you're, you're located down in Fort Worth, but I presume that you're uh, capable of dealing uh, nationally uh, with uh, organizations. Nationally and globally. We're a global company. Ah. So let's talk a little bit about these kind of solutions. Uh, Danny, we're really talking about digital transformation and manufacturing, something uh, I'm excited to see because it presents so many opportunities for transparency within the organization. So give us kind of an idea of what ECI addresses and what you can automate from end to end. Sure. Um, the products that we sell are in the sphere of ERP software. That's how we describe our solutions, enterprise resource planning solutions. Uh, the scope of that has changed pretty significantly over time. Ultimately, ERP solutions are at their core um, financial systems, and that has not changed. Our systems oftentimes have a chart of accounts, a financial underpinning. But then on top of that, we provide customers with the software tools that allow them to do everything from uh, managing their own organizations through HR solutions to CRM solutions um, that allow them to manage their customer interactions, and then moving into their supply chain, managing the vendors, managing their purchases, fulfilling those, uh, moving into their production floor management. Those are components of ERP that have long existed. Uh, what's evolving in that space uh, are the technologies that sit around the edges. An example and one that was recently um, one we uh, invested deeply in is machine intelligence. We just announced the acquisition of a company called Data Inventions and the, the primary solution they provide called Allura is a machine intelligence solution. So it fits within that production management solution, but it's about connecting with machines on a factory floor, 
monitoring uptime, monitoring productivity, ultimately monitoring preventive maintenance so that our customers can uh, get the most out of their equipment and their investments. So that's kind of the scope of the software and the solutions that we sell. There's a tremendous component of services in our business as well. So we constantly speak of providing software and services to SMB manufacturers. And what the service component is about is not just the mechanics and heavy lifting of getting those digital transformation projects implemented, but it's about transferring the expertise that we've developed through many, many iterations and extending those best practices from one small manufacturer to another. So you're bordering on the AI uh, scenario that you and I have <laughs> spoken about, but I won't go into that whole uh, deal. Anyone who wants to really learn about AI, just Google it and there's tons of information about it. Glad to chat a little bit about AI. It's, it's an emerging technology in, and uh, very much relevant in manufacturing today. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I, I gather from some of the, our discussion that you're pretty much involved in everything from machine shops to uh, uh, additive manufacturing to uh, uh, medical device manufacturers, uh, semiconductor manufacturers, and so on. You, pretty, you run pretty much the wide berth of anything that's made. That's correct. We think, of, um, we think of our solutions as really around three major markets, job shops, you mentioned machine shops, uh, typically environments where you have um, a lot of custom manufacturing, make to order, engineering to order type manufacturing. Then the second uh, major market that we think about is kind of the mid-market discrete and repetitive environment where you may be dealing still with machine shops, you may be dealing in some of the other industries that you mentioned, but the common differentiator there is really that you're oftentimes uh, needing to leverage tools like configurators, uh, forecasting for repetitive manufacturing, things like that. And then the third industry that we think of, the third major industry vertical is batch and process, where we're thinking about chemical manufacturers, food and beverage manufacturers. There is a common theme in ERP software serving across those three major groups. Um, but those are kind of where we draw the lines and we can kind of drill into some specific domain uniquenesses and our products offer things that help uh, help those customers, each one of those major industry groups um, function and excel. Danny, what's the time frame to go from signed contract to fully implemented and what are some of the things that the manufacturer needs to prepare for? The time frame can range from, uh, for very small manufacturers, just a few weeks to see uh, implementation and value, but it is typically months, uh, not years, should be months, not years. Yeah, so the implementation process or the process end to end usually starts with an assessment, assessment of the customer's environment, of the customer's specific needs. Ultimately, once that is, uh, that is done, an implementation plan will be created. Most customers, not all, but most have some level of data migration that needs to occur, whether that's from 
an existing ERP system that they have. We have many customers, especially in the job shop space that may be coming from Excel and may be coming from systems like that. Usually, the, usually there is some level of data migration. And then that moves into uh, a go live, um, go live process, which sometimes can start with a conference room pilot, so to speak, and ultimately then moves into production. Uh, the platform that you are selling, uh, is this a sale of software or uh, is it a lease uh, product? Uh, is it in the cloud? Let's give some uh, structure to what it is the customer is getting. So as we spoke about our commitment to small and mid-sized manufacturers, uh, right there in that DNA is cloud. Uh, the industry has moved to a SaaS model, software as a service model, so that is pervasive and we are right there. There are many, many advantages, especially for small manufacturers um, from an affordability perspective, where small manufacturers five years ago, 10 years ago, couldn't afford the cost um, and did not have the capital to purchase um, a ERP solution to run their businesses. So that's one tremendous benefit of uh, SaaS, which is really the financial component of the model. Ultimately, the delivery mechanism is via cloud and cloud brings so many tremendous benefits to our manufacturers. We still do have some customers running on-prem. Uh, the industry is transforming to the cloud. I believe we'll look up in 10 years and and today I see different numbers, but uh, our sense is that 30 to 40% of manufacturers are um, running cloud ERP today, have hybrid environments running other cloud tools. I believe in 10 years that will be inverted where 60 to 70% of manufacturers will be running cloud solutions and they'll be consuming those in a SaaS model. Danny, I'm just curious with COVID still hanging around to a degree and as we went through that there's so much that can be done with this kind of automation software including I think and you're going to tell me if I'm right or wrong running it from off-site in other words can I run an assembly line from my home office that's a great question remote work has become so pervasive uh, in our world today, to some degree, it's become culturally embedded where the modern generation expects that. So the short answer is yes, with cloud solutions, uh, with mobility, you can run um, anything remotely. The one asterisk that I would place next to that is, I believe there will always be a place in manufacturing for high touch. And that's a big challenge that we have. When we talk to our customers about uh, about the headwinds they're facing. Today, they're really grouped in three major areas. Uh, the one that is really not new is the skills gap and labor shortage. The other two, uh, supply chain disruption and um, inflation and, and price increases really do seem directly to correlate to COVID. But the, the uh, skills gap and labor shortage has been present for a long time. And your question about remote work really relates to that you'll hear phrases like dark factories, you know, no lights on factories. Uh, I do not see that at any meaningful level. And, and my belief is that uh, as we talk about um, in people sitting at home and, and watching TV and, and needing some sort of compensation, 
I believe what history tells us to date is with every advent of technology, some jobs may go away, but they're replaced with uh, better jobs, more compelling jobs. And we have a responsibility to make sure that that occurs in manufacturing too. Going to a factory to help make sure that you're producing the things that are all around us every day uh, is something that still exists uh, in almost all of manufacturing. And we expect to continue to occur, even though our tools allow us to do that, do a lot of that work from afar. I think what uh, the, the uh, mobility affords us um, is beyond simply not requiring customers to go into, the, into their factories. It relates to the other things that we benefit, even the AI topic that uh, Lou enjoys so much, you know, having, having tools to tell us based on data that our machine is about to break. We may need to send somebody into the factory to go repair that machine, but they may not need to be sitting around in the factory all day waiting for that machine to fail because we have better tools to inform when their presence is needed. Uh, one of the things that I, I happened to pick up on your website, and uh, I think it's really an important question. So I'm gonna, I, I hope I'm not throwing you a curveball here. Uh, one of the one of the uh, papers on your website refers to the nine common questions that keep job shop owners awake at night. So in our dwindling moments here. Why don't you address those nine questions that keep us all awake? I would say that the things that I believe keep them awake at night are the labor shortage and, and skills gap that exists, uh, the supply chain disruption, huge force in our industry today. And uh, with each passing week, uh, it appears that we are in an inflationary environment that has become disruptive to our customer base. Um, skyrocketing prices. We see customers pivoting from, uh, I saw a, a quote, a phrase from my uh, division president a few weeks ago. I like the phrase for so long in our industry, we've spoken as of just-in-time planning. And he referred to uh, the summary of what we see happening around materials planning as just-in-case planning. <laughs> but there's a tremendous cost to that. Many of our customers we see have built up tremendous inventories. They've built up uh, a tremendous amount of redundancy in their supply chain. And so they have a huge amount of money sitting on the shelf for that just in case uh, scenario. So those are really the three things that, that I see and that I hear in settings directly from our customers in our customer advisory boards in environments like that. Those are the things that keep them awake at night. Well, that's pretty much uh, what Tim and I hear cross country uh, with a couple of other caveats. Uh, the, the retiring, uh, the retiring uh, group of uh, blue hairs and uh, Tim's hair is beginning to become one of those blue hairs. Uh, <laughs> you gotta try a little tinting. The blue and yellow would go great, Tim. <laughs> but... Uh, but we are living in a very unusual time, obviously. And uh, I think that some of uh, the, the software and cloud and so on is beginning to fix or at least adjust to the, the new norm that's here and coming. Tim? 
Danny, what are your manufacturers sensing or speaking about over the next six months in terms of the outlook for the economy? Uh, we're sensing apprehension, in short, about the outlook for the economy. Um, and again, it feels like to some degree, uh, there are some opposing forces there. In manufacturing, we oftentimes batten down the hatches by reducing costs. It's difficult to do that in an environment where we need more inventory in order to make sure we can fill orders. We had a customer advisory board in which we flew a dozen of our customers into our Fort Worth headquarters about two months ago to discuss uh, their experiences and, and what they were seeing. And we were seeing uh, customer comments about uh, environments where they used to issue quotes that were valid for 90 days or 180 days. Now they're constraining those to two weeks. And the reason for that is prices are changing so dramatically that they may find that a quote became uh, um, non-profitable because of price changes that occurred just within that short time frame. So we are seeing some apprehension in the marketplace about, uh, about inflation and price increases and economic friction for manufacturing. Not that anybody knows what the feds will do, and I, I know you're not an expert in this field, but uh, what's your thought as to what the feds will do in terms of the next rate increase or not? Well, not being an economist, uh, uh, I'm going to dodge that a little bit and say my view on that is uh, it's our responsibility at ECI to provide software solutions that help our customers become more efficient, become more agile. Uh, there's a phrase we like to use, future-proofing their business. So um, regardless of what the Fed does and what that direction uh, takes us all, I think uh, these things ultimately will make us stronger in this industry in the long run. And it's our job here at ECI to provide solutions that help reduce costs, uh, increase throughput, allow us, even when we talk about the generational differences that we discussed earlier a bit, that we have a responsibility to build software tools that are intriguing for the workforce of today uh, to, to want to work in manufacturing. So we're working hard to deliver those things to help our customers face uh, whatever the Fed may do here in the coming months. Danny, I'm watching what is uh, happening in these kind of implementations. And there's a general apprehension with employees that my job is going to be automated and gone. Uh, you mentioned that that's not necessarily the case. And I just want to remind our audience that back in 1950, we had about 150 million people living in the United States. Today, we employ 156 million people in the United States. So clearly more jobs are being created. What happens in the small and mid-sized company when you do this kind of implementation? You know, I think you really hit the core point. Um, ultimately, it's about adoption, accessibility and adoption of these technologies for small manufacturers. And if they're not affordable or they're not manageable on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis, there will not be adoption. So uh, the initial cost is a component of that, but ultimately it's about the return on the investment. So we have a strong responsibility to convey that up front, but then also ensure that they are able to see that return on investment. I think that's the biggest and most important thing. And so much of that hinges upon 
um, the activities that occur in implementation, getting employees to buy in. Uh, to, to your point, employment is high. Some of the opportunities that exist in manufacturing uh, make me jealous of the young people today. Uh, I've been in a factory where they use drones for cycle counting. There were a couple of people whose job it was to program those drones buzzing around the factory. I was in a manufacturing consortium at IMTS the last time we had IMTS. Fortunately, it's about to come back around, uh, but I got to, to uh, utilize uh, a set of HoloLens, AR, VR, um, uh, uh, gosh, the, the tool, the toy to disassemble a General Electric aircraft engine. Now, those are the types of things that we see out there uh, in technology that are happening. And our challenge is to make those kinds of things accessible to small and mid-sized manufacturers where they haven't in the past. Very cool. Glad to hear that, that you can bring that kind of technology to the small and mid-sized manufacturer because Lou and I have talked to lots of software solution providers and he's right, they're looking for the, uh, the Fortune 1000 companies, yep. but 99% of business in the United States is small business. That's correct. So, you know, Danny, thanks for joining us and sharing what PCI software does, Lou. Yeah, so uh, being that we're at the bottom of the show here, why don't you give us your URL for latecomers? Sure, it's ecisolutions.com. Simple enough. Simple enough. Okay. Danny, thank you very much for all your input. Uh, as, uh, hopefully that uh, there's uh, good information that is being absorbed by the, uh, I call them SMEs, small, medium-sized enterprise. Um, and um, we'll be talking to you again. Keep us posted on any progress that your company is doing. I'd like to be able to get that out to the SMEs. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tim and Luke. And for all of you who have been watching this episode, we encourage you to go to ecisolutions.com to check out this company and its products. And while you're surfing the web, please stop by jacketmediaco.com where you can find all of the episodes of Manufacturing Talk Radio and the other podcasts that we produce. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>